Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. You are now listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode five, with very special guests Maverick Saber and Sinead Harnett. As always, the following recording of the Thanks for Trying podcast is unscripted, unadulterated, and recorded in my front room in East London with a bunch of my mates as some kind of audience. So, of course, things get real sweary and probably a little bit offensive too. Shout out to Monte Alban Mescal for sponsoring this month's episode. And big thank you, as always, to the show producer, Seb White. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to episode five of the Thanks for Trying podcast with myself, The Last Skeptic. And I'm very honored to have two incredible singers as my special guests today, Sinead Harnett and Maverick Saber. Yes. Um, Sinead, when I last saw you, um, I was... We were singing... A very impassioned <laughs> version of Since You've Been Gone to Kelly Clarkson. We were, we were. And I don't you think... You were phenomenal. Thanks. You were so good, yeah. Um, you came to watch me do mm. a kind of slightly cringe um, <laughs> corporate gig. But they're always a bit weird, aren't they? Because it's like... Yeah. It's just kind of a weird atmosphere. Not everyone's there for the music. Some people are just there for like the free drinks, so... When there's an open bar, it's just, you know... That's definitely like, you know, the focus of all attention, especially for me. But, you know, clearly I have a problem. <laughs> I'm guessing you do, you do a lot of corporate gigs. Yeah, the, the open bar can go one or two ways. It can either walk in your favour or it can just distract people from what's going on on the stage. Most time it the, distracts people and the, the little buffets distract people. And, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you know. yeah. Buffets are the most distracting thing in the world, man. I feel like I talked about this on the last podcast where, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I don't think I can concentrate on anything if there's free food available. Now, it doesn't matter where I am or, you know, what's happening. You know, if there's free food, I've forgotten. I've forgotten where I am. 100%. I've, I've just same. got to go in and make the most of that scenario in almost a military-style fashion. <laughs> Next time you're at your bank machine, put in a bank card in, I'll offer you a free sandwich. And say, <laughs> <laughs> Give us 50 quid, all right? Um, but how, how have you been? I haven't seen you in a long time. Very well, yeah, very well, very well. Actually, I have seen you. I saw you in Finsbury Park underneath a bridge a couple of weeks ago. I was very drunk. <laughs> 
I can't remember if I was drunk or not, but I, prob- I think you were I probably, drunk. I probably was. I was. Your exact words were, "I've just come back from watching the football." Oh, I probably was then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, okay, and we were both really drunk. Yeah, I've been keeping very well. Yeah, keeping well. And you're, are you, you're writing. I'm guessing. I'm writing at the minute. We just came. We were on a two and a half month tour. We were in Australia. Came back and did, um, did six weeks in England and wow. um, England, Ireland, um, and Wales actually. Um, and uh, yeah, and now we're back writing, writing a third record, and just writing in yes. general for the summer. So, wow. so yeah, all's That's been wow. good. How was Oz? Australia was beautiful. First time I was ever out there. Really? Yeah, we were out there supporting um, a hip hop group called Hilltop Hoods, Ooh. and it was their first arena tour out there. They're quite big. They've been going for years. If you're familiar with the Australian hip hop scene, and I was on um, two songs on the last record, so they yeah. invited me out there to do support and come on and perform the two songs during their set. And yeah, it was really they've got an amazing fan base. Right? Oh, amazing! Like, like so like, dedicated, diehard. Yeah, you know. I had and it was yeah the guys are you know beautiful souls it was brilliant to be able to go across the world and, yeah. and be able to perform like that so yeah it was beautiful really nice experience and what, what's because I, I still haven't been to uh, Australia like what, what are the shows like out there like what's you know what, what, what's kind of the, the vibe well seeing as they're, they're my first and only experiences yeah. of them I can only you know give my my own experience but their fans are like uh, as dedicated as I've seen fans yeah, same. You know? That's what I uh, as so. dedicated as I've seen they kind of reminded me of Irish fans in a way where you know there's no um, there's no boundaries to them they're not watching each other they're not yeah. judging each other when they're at the show they're just enjoying it and giving it their full you know yeah. they've paid to come and see a show and, and they're, they're not holding back you mm. know they're not stush in any way or yeah. you know, looking at each other. No, and like London not you know, No, yeah. not at all. They're really giving everything. Yeah. You know, they're there to, yeah. to give their all and you really feel that passion and heart from them. Yeah, it was unbelievable, really. Oh, sick. Have, yeah. you been, have you been out to us to do shows? With Rudimental, yeah. Of course. 2013, right. I think, which feels like way too long Whoa. ago. They must have been brilliant shows out there. They've got quite yeah, a they strong flew up in Oz. Yeah. Like, it's weird because America didn't really catch on to drum and bass, but... Yeah. Oz were just like so down for it mate like they were just going in like that's great that was a great accent fully dancing thanks I did try with accents I'm looking forward to the rest of your repertoire of accents throughout the show <laughs> so weird I actually had to go through every accent I can do today like there was this massive list like 100 accents what? I was only allowed to choose 20 and this so. shouldn't have, this shouldn't have said that because you know we're going to have to put it yeah, exactly. uh, on the spot. Better be up to yeah. power, was this just a personal challenge that. were you just in your house and you had a list and you no, were like, no, I've, got to, I, I've got to practice do you know what <laughs> I've, I've, um, I've actually started like I did acting at uni and yeah. I've started doing this workshop um mm held by my friend Arjun, who said that you're his boy. He was like, oh, you see him oh, yeah, today? Oh, yeah, Arjun, all yeah. oh, right, yeah, 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 right. So he set that up, and I was Sick. just um, doing my spotlight application. Whoa. So, like, there was such a variety Whoa. of uh, accents to choose from. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I just picked my top 20, really. 20's quite a lot. I don't think I could do 20 accents. I think you could. What? I, I can't. You're, I you're could, being uh, modest. I can do, like, I'm not going to do any of them until... No, don't start bringing this up. I'm not going to do... <laughs> No, I'm not going to do it. This is going to go down a horrible <laughs> yeah, route. Yeah, it's going to go a terrible route. So, um, Sinead, tell us what actions, uh, <laughs> what actions were you able to do out of 20? Give us your five strongest, please. Serious? You must have. I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. Dead, he's got a look of determination in I'm his eyes. He's you from Thank you. Me, I appreciate yeah. it. Sorry, appreciate it. He's got uh, well, I've done Australian. Done, you've done. That was very that was um, convincing. So, you've got four more. Sure, she can laugh, but can she do her own stunts? <laughs> Scottish. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> that's a great, that's a really good German accent. 
It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's it. All right, that's um, it. Right. Wow, Americans are really easy. Like. Uh, like we're just gonna chill I don't really know why but I just wanna chill and surf um, I know Scottish that was American so how many more two more two more alright I'll do a really good re-re like have you seen what was it say that? what just <laughs> Bayesian uh, accent yeah, right? yeah but she she like messes it up a, a bit with like American mm. and when like when Chris Brown came over and he he really broke my heart and I won't do a final one because I feel a bit under pressure don't worry yeah. no <laughs> it's okay, you did. so you did how long were you how long did you tour Australia for three weeks Whoa. I like I basically finished touring with them the last thing I did was Mobos and then they were like oh please can you come to Oz yeah. like we just need you to come so I was like of course I'm gonna go there Mad. and that's where I actually like learned how to party yeah yeah they know how to party yeah they do yeah. I'm, so. gu- I'm guessing just some mad shit occurs when you go on these because I, I know like, I've only done kind of one major tour like that and it, it's beautiful oh, it's, but it wears you down it's beautiful yeah tour experiences are different experiences in their own especially yeah. you know being in a in a boss life and being with a specific yeah. group of people that you know go through the same experiences yep. every day and it's like you you know, even going out and partying as part of the routine almost. Yes. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost in the schedule for it, you Definitely. know. Um, and you it's get like very... You become part of a family. Yeah, yeah, and you get very attached to people, Definitely. You know? And I remember family. before I actually joined tour with them, because I, I stayed on tour with them for six months, I was, like, mm. living on my own, like, mm. quite regimented, like, in yeah. terms of when I shut my door, it was, like, by world. And then I was just suddenly, like waking up with fucking boys farting and stuff and like <laughs> just having to be like oh yeah it's you, that's just Leon that's what he does so yeah. it was it, it was good because it took me out of my comfort zone so. yeah and it's like a moving school your only experience it was like for me was being back at school going on a really long school trip it's an you, adult school an trip an adult basically. school yeah. trip where you get to do what you love every evening exactly mm-hmm. um, so you're and you're writing a new your new record right now as well yeah or it's finished well no so I've just done a new EP which I feel like it's the most me Mm. out of like anything that I've done yeah I was thinking about this today actually I feel like maybe I wasn't ready to like to talk about what I've talked about in this yeah um I feel like when I listen back to the stuff that's that's out it's like a little bit more surface than the CP so I'm really excited to get that out yeah. then I basically want to just do singles after that like yeah. just one song kind of entities and then hopefully from that I'll be able to put out an album but you know it's kind of suicide if you don't have a buzz <laughs> to, to yeah. just drop an album although the Americans I feel make it look really easy like Bryson Tiller Kehlani mm. I feel like I didn't know them till I saw they had an album out. Yeah. And then yeah. I, it, it's like an organic growth. I mm. think that, that, that routine is kind of dying a bit where you have to, you know, single, build up a buzz. And yeah, obviously a defo. buzz is key, you know. A buzz can come in many different ways. Mm. But I think this, yeah. you know, this old 90s style of releasing music is, is, is kind of becoming a bit all hat now. And I quite like... The, the idea of releasing a record and walking off the back of that yeah. record. Same. You know, because you've got a body of work to convince people of and mm-hmm. to bring on the road and to test. Because you know what it's like when you start on the road with a, 
with a body of work and by the end you know it can develop and can change and you can you know you can accentuate certain parts mm -hmm. of the songs and certain lyrics that you realise connect more with people along the time so yeah I think it's uh, I think it's quite an interesting way of releasing music yeah. and also because no one really has the answer right now like no, no like there the is no answer no fucking clue like what no to answer. do everyone's in the dark at the yeah moment. exactly whether you do a bunch of singles that aren't on the album whether you do the album then you know that they don't really know how to work it anyway right now anyway mm -hmm. so I think it's a beautiful time to kind of just do the music that you love and then hope that they yeah, know I mean, so, you know it feels like the divide is like way bigger like the contrast of pop and just like credible mm. not that pop isn't credible but you know like just stuff that's immediately hit worthy and clearly mm. like been, they've gone into a room with someone that makes number ones like yeah. or just has like top tens and then there's just credible like I don't know James Blake yeah. or whatever that his fans are dedicated but maybe the the sales aren't the same as the massive artists but then maybe they don't have the fans so it just it feels like it, you know what you said about you just have to make good music yeah. like that's what I found this year how how is any artist walked out of that like yeah. to have to abandon just making good music like yeah. it shouldn't be that way so I'm, I feel excited that I'm able to do that now and I'd rather be doing that than the other thing, I think. And do you still feel the pressure from, I mean, from all sides? Because you've got, you know, both of you have got pressure from label, from, but also from a fan base and, you know, to, to deliver something that, that you, you, I guess you don't know quite what it is until it comes out, right? Until... Yeah, I suppose, look, you can take on as, as many people's opinions and as much mm. pressure from as many people as, as, as you want to take on. But in the end of the day, I think the pressure all comes down to yourself and, yeah. as, much, and it is as much as you allow it to be, yeah. you know. Um, and in the end of the day, it's, it's your name on the music. It's, yeah. it's your diary entry. It's your story. It's your yeah. expression. It's what it should be. It's your painting, you know. So in the end of the day, I always feel like we can get easily mis <coughs> misguided with things and yeah. distracted. Um, but if you, you know, come back to, I always think, if you come back to the 15-year-old self when you first mm. started doing it, mm. when it was the true yeah. passion, think, you know, what, would, what was I making then? And what yeah. was I happy to, you know, when you wrote your first song, you thought it was a banger, you loved it and, was, you know, you were passionate about it. And what's happened since then, you know? Yeah. I think for me, as I've always tried, whenever I'm in times of, of you know, a bit of a blurred vision, I try and remember back to that. What would my yeah. 15 year old self tell myself mm. now? You know, it's it's tough to do that when you have like so many internal voices as well. I especially with my stuff where I get swayed, where I'm like, oh, should I, should I release more of a tune right now that that I've got that's more grime because everyone wants me yeah. to do that, or more this because that because of that? When essentially I just want to make really emotional, cinematic like hip hop. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, really sad music, you know? And I'm like, well, will that resonate as much? I mean, to me, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll die really happy knowing yeah. that I've released all the music that I fucking loved. But yeah, I suppose, you know, <clears throat> doubt's, doubt's the biggest enemy that we always battle with, really, yeah. you know? But um, we just have to go with our gut in the end of the day or else we won't go with anything. And, yeah, exactly. you know, we'll be led down the path by someone else and then it'll be us that we'll have to pick up the pieces because it's mm. our name on it, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and you, you, because you, 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 you used to rap as well. I mean, you still yeah, kind of yeah, do. For, do. Yeah, you yeah, still yeah. do. That's why. That's that's kind of where I started. Really. Yeah, I was an MC on the Irish hip hop scene when I was. Of course. That's where I started. Fourteen, fifteen, and um, I was in school, and because <clears throat> the Irish hip hop scene was quite small, we used to do like all the support acts with a, a group of DJs called Rap Ireland. Mm. Um, 
And we used to do the support slots for like the game, 50 Cent, G-Unit, Plan B when they first came over. That's how I met Plan B for the first time. Um, And yeah, that's where it started. That's where the kind of passion really started. I was songwriting before my dad is a musician. And Mm. um, What did your dad play? My dad plays a lot of traditional Irish music and blues. Um, Never full time, but it was always in the house. Music was always in the house, live music. In an Irish household, you know, live music is always quite strong, especially around my dad. And do you you ever just want to be a spitter? Oh, I'm always a spitter. I'm always a spitter. Going out there doing battles. Yeah, I don't know about battles. (laughs) I don't know about battles. It was always a written thing for me. Um, Hip-hop's in in my heart. Mm. I wouldn't be doing doing this if it wasn't for hip-hop. I wouldn't be making or writing all my songs, even, Mm. you know, my most well-known songs were yeah. written from inspiration yeah. from hip hop you know? yeah I think that's the thing that you know what has united every single guest that I've had on this show even though we haven't explicitly spoken about it in, in every single one is that whoever it is that I've had on has just like had this deep rooted love for rap and they've always come from that deep rooted love for rap even you know the first guest Doc and Ed Scrine, you know they no matter where they've taken their careers yeah. they've just it's all come from and all been informed by the by the confidence that was given to them by listening to Tupac or whoever, you know what I mean, as a yeah. kid. And like, do you find that, Sinead, as well, just from like listening to rap, it kind of gives you a little boost to like kind of go, you know what, even though I'm singing these songs, you know, I'm, I'm coming out here with, I'm, I've got DMX in my mind. That's <laughs> <laughs> how so I'm doing it. Um, yeah, I mean, mine will probably be more like Lauren Hill, but yeah. I definitely think, like when I listen to Kendrick mm. or um, someone that's kind of doing that movement now, I'm like that's when I'm a straight up gangster you know when it's on in the car and like I'm rapping along and stuff but um, yeah I think it's it's a good way to it actually inspires me with Mm. writing as well like sometimes I don't know if you've heard that new Salam Remy Miguel and Kendrick record I can't remember what it's called but Salam you know he's my he's my ultimate like that's how you and me started bonding because we were talking about Salam and um the beat I haven't even listened to the song because yeah. the the piano <laughs> mm. beginning I was like I'm writing a tune so I need to basically I don't want to divulge it. yeah I'm going to cut it up loop it and write to it because I haven't even Whoa. heard that bit yet I heard Miguel like do one bit and I was like no yeah. I don't want to hear it <laughs> um, so like I think they just oh, my favourite yeah my favourite um, yeah Hip hop beats are you can't steal the idea, by the way. No, I won't. But you could join I'm in. Go home Thanks. and cut it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, is that it? Like marries like this gangster dope mm. swag with with like just heart wrenching yeah. piano chords or like just something that pulls on your heartstrings yeah. chords wise, whatever the instrument is. And that's I actually the first song that I wrote um, was to this Milkbone instrumental what, what, where the party at or something no oh forgotten the name why do I even know um, that probably like the only person in the world who knows who Milkbone is I don't know if I do I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just heard the, the music Whoa. Yeah. help yourself to tequila by the way and you know what I, I just I keep seeing that there's a worm at the bottom of this bottle of tequila and it's was the worm killed for the bottle or did it die <laughs> of natural causes <laughs> I really I They're mean to make you um <clears throat> hallucinate yeah what kind of conversation you're looking to get out of this <laughs> you know what I mean I mean like I really hoped that the worm died was alive and then died in the bottle because I feel like it wouldn't be such a bad place to go in a bottle of tequila you know did you have you eaten one of the worms before in no I haven't I've tried the tequila before but yeah. I'm more of a, a stout man myself even though this uh, what did you call it it was a 
Oh, it was yeah. um, slow, gin? slow gin. So my friends of mine, uh, Sonny, big up to Sonny Mahotra. He gave me these today and said, because he listens to the podcast, and he was like, can you thank me and say my name on the podcast for giving you the slow gin? So oh, well, Sonny, thank you very much thank for this. You. Yeah, Sonny Mahotra Sonny. Yeah, Lauren, went down very congratulations well. on the wedding. And they had these, and on every table in the wedding everyone had a little bottle of, oh, this, of their homemade oh, slow that's gin cute. yeah that's nice and it's, it's really good I think they kind of like soaked the slow berries in the gin or something right if you ever get married again invite me alright yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love people that, that that make their own booze like that it, it, I feel I need to try moonshine one day oh most definitely yeah have, have you had moonshine before I've had pochin which is like I suppose the Irish version of moonshine in what's that made out of don't ask me. I don't know what it's made out of, but it's very strong. <laughs> it's like uh, an absinthe, I suppose, oh, no. type drink. Had I it when I was younger, but is it like paint stripper or like paint thinner kind of? It's strong. Yeah, it probably has the same effects, but uh, yeah, it's strong enough. Yeah. I, when I when I lived in America about ten years ago, I had a, a birthday party, and this old I lived with a, a punk band, and I was I guess I must have been like twenty years old, so I couldn't Where even drink. Uh, Washington D.C. Mm. Yeah, Sick. the belly of the beast. And I was there and uh, they had this party. The, the punk band I lived with had loads of old kind of punk rocker mates. And um, one of the guys they invited was this dude who must have been in a, a, quite a famous band out there, but I have no idea. I, I didn't know anything at the time about punk. And, um, and he goes and he brings out, he brings this little uh, co- Coke bottle. And right at the bottom, there's this tiny, it's not even an inch of clear liquid. And he goes, happy birthday, Corin. Um you this moonshine that I made just so you know last time I had a sip of this I went blind for six hours (laughs) so go easy (laughs) I just kind of like took it smelt it oh my god I didn't fucking do I I love booze but that was you were scared I was frightened is it 20 year old made of no just keep on drinking until you're blind I think that's uh, probably going to be name my next record (laughs) (laughs) fuck me yeah Um, so I'm really I'm so excited to hear this new the new music especially because you're saying your whole soul is in it like this is did I say great well it's pretty much you know (laughs) I inferred it yeah well I think it's like the starting point for I haven't released anything this year, so mm. I honestly don't know what you're gonna think. And it, what what kind of so you've have you changed styles? Like I'm I'm so intrigued. Um, can you say? Can I say who's produced a song? Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You've got a beat from K Trinada. Yeah, so I did two with him. Yeah, so yeah. the other one is on the EP. Okay. And then his the the sample one which has wretches on it as well. Mm. Um, that was that just come out after yeah um and then grades did one of them and he's the one that oh, works sick. with neo a lot and grades is wicked that was like probably the third session that i did since like the kind of big changeover i did last year and i remember like it was the first time that i thought oh i can write yeah. like because i'd spent so long being feeling like everything i was doing was wrong um yeah. so with him i was just like it flowed and I felt I was really proud of that song so that's mm. that one that'll be the first release did the video for it yesterday sick I saw um, that did you yeah, oh just yeah, yeah. Filming. yeah I didn't I wasn't standing in the corner watching you <laughs> <laughs> not this time um, and so what was it like working with Catray well I didn't meet him well I have met yeah. no I haven't actually I've just DM slid on his DMs <laughs> a few times um, you know we started speaking on Twitter he followed me because he tweeted something like uh, where are the dope ass singers like mm. something like that and um, my friend he sounds like Rihanna 
does he? <laughs> he, do, he obviously doesn't speak like that at all. That was the fifth accent there, wasn't yeah, it? Cajunana, yeah. all right. Locked it down. Very specific. This is good. Obviously, there was no accent either because it was typed. Um, yeah, and, and so he, he followed me and then I was like, mm. what? Like, wow. Yeah. Okay, follow back. Um, Waited a day. So cool. he just sent me like a file of like maybe 10 instrumentals wow. and then I wrote to a few of them. Like, he, he's lovely, yeah. He is sick. very, very nice. I can't yeah. wait to hear you singing on one of his beats. And have you, 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 what are you thinking vibes wise for production on the, the new record? Are you going to. Um, at the moment, I'm just getting songs down. Yeah. Mm. So production. Is that how you start usually? Just like yeah. kind of get the idea or, or lyrics wise. Yeah, because you know, I I feel like for me, every record needs to have a not a theme, mm. um, but I need to be at a certain stage and realize what I'm writing about. You know, I I, I need to have. You know, been through a certain stage in my life where I need to kind of yeah. jot down points of of yeah. what's inspired me, what's what's yeah. you know gotten passion out of me, um, mm. and and what I really need to express and feel like I need mm. to I need to talk about. Um, so at the minute, I'm just really in the stage of kind of getting the bare basics of the songs down, you know. And I've been on the road for the last you know two and a half months, so that's given me a different inspiration. And yeah. I'm moving flat at the minute, so I'm in between flats. So right. at the moment, I'm just getting the basics down, and then I come come back after with with yeah. production and sit down and get the final touches to it then you know who are some of your um dream producers to work with well i'm a i'm a, I'm a big hip-hop fan so pete rock mm. ninth wonder has been a i've always yeah. wanted to do something with ninth um salam remy has always been yeah. someone that i'm just a big fan of everything he's he's done yeah. um Mark Ronson is someone I same you yeah know, mm. I really I really value Paul Epworth as well I, I think you know everything he puts his hands to mm. for that big know. pop record like yeah everything sounding. he always he gives a very cinematic feel yeah, to music yeah, yeah, huge. whether it's Adele or Florence mm. or whatever he touches he just gives this certain sound to it dynamic to it that I really like have you oh, hit up like Pete Rock or anyone like that or? yeah I was talking to Ninth I was yeah. talking to Ninth a couple about two years ago we were supposed yeah. to do something when he came over to London never materialised in the end but I was still like to, to try that angle you know because yeah. Ninth is someone I've always been re- really inspired inspired by especially doing my own production you know um, but you yeah produce? I produce yeah, I've been producing Sick. since I've been a kid yeah oh amazing a lot of hip hop stuff that's my that's, that's my go to you know I wrote most of my choruses over the years over hip hop beats Sick. You know, that's that's always been my inspiration hip hop beats is what you know what introduced me to jazz yeah mm-hmm. what was really that, you know I, I knew I knew more about jazz not even realising I was listening to jazz yeah. when mm-hmm. I was a kid you know finding Ahmed Jamal that. and Miles Davis yeah. and you know knowing the tunes you know being around my band and then, you know, have you heard this Miles Davis tune? That, I was like, yeah, sample. Yeah, I was this. like, wait, hold on. Song. Three minutes twenty, I yeah. sampled this <laughs> yeah. when I was fifteen. Didn't know yeah. anything about jazz. Um, so yeah, kind of going back to hip hop again. It's another, you know, it's a circle all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Well, hip, it, it, to me, it was the, it was the education that I got Massive. such an education from hip hop. Massive. Like, I wouldn't have known anything like this. I mean, the arguments. I don't have the same arguments anymore as I did, as I'm sure you guys did, like ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Especially when I was in school and trying to talk to the older generation that weren't that was say into rock or into whatever and they're like well you know hip hop I don't like hip hop it's too this or it's too that and I'm like well you don't know anything about rap but I know everything about all of the genres that you like Mm. because rap encompasses all of it 
Uh, but there was, I mean, luckily everyone's a lot more open-minded now. But and it's an educational in the sense of historically educational yeah. as well, you know. Especially, I'm a big Tupac Shakur fan, oh, so yeah. for me, I was always, you know, uh, I was brought up. My parents always brought me up to know about society that we live in, inequalities, injustices, the history of our own history of Ireland, you know. Um, so to hear people like Tupac and Talib Kweli and most Def speak, mm. you know, it, it intrigued me because yeah. I was hearing struggles that I didn't know anything about, but I could connect them in certain ways of struggles that, mm. you know, I, I knew and I knew more historically about in our own sense of Ireland or European ways, you know. Um, do, do, do you feel like, because this is actually a very important thing I wanted to talk to ask you about, is do you feel like music like that gave you um, the, the power almost to put to, to be political within music because a lot of a lot of people are, are not scared but especially within rap uh, to, to kind of include politics within within that and and now it's it's luckily changing and you know I've, I've felt very um, happy and empowered by the fact that a lot of grime artists are, are, are coming out and, and yeah, being very political at the yeah, moment the novelists of the world so good yeah, so yeah. good but you know is is it tough to do that especially being attached to a major is there like is is it is it difficult to, to kind of make it political don't get me wrong you you you, you fight new battles when mm. when when you know your lyrics and your message is about something something a bit deeper yeah. um, and something that actually affects the general people and it's not just oh forget about everything you're in love you're yeah. in a club all right. throw your hands up yeah which look it has its purpose and don't get me wrong I, I throw my hands up and I'm in the club <laughs> <laughs> don't, get me, don't get me wrong and it has, it, has its, it has its place but there needs to be a balance that's all I'm saying yeah, there exactly. needs to be a balance or yeah. else you're, it's like you know you can have a little cheeseburger every now and then so I'm vegetarian so I'm not supporting any <laughs> but you have to have you have to balance out you gotta give your yeah. kids an apple and you know banana and some fruit and veg sometimes yeah, you know yeah, you can't yeah. just it has to be balanced and if if, yeah. if you're given in my opinion if you're if you're given watered down music that's desensitizing you know a generation um you know and blinding them from the truth of actually what's going on then you're not serving our yeah. youth specifically where the music is 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 aimed at you know there's a Nina Simone quote I don't know if you've seen uh, the documentary where's Nina oh, Simone oh I need to see that um, heartbreaking documentary beautiful documentary so beautiful. Netflix yeah, yeah 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 Netflix yeah um, and she said something more along the lines of <clears throat> you know if if uh, this was definitely not the direct quote. I can already tell I've got it wrong. But uh, um, you know, music's here to 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 speak about the times. Mm. You know, and and if we're not using music as a tool, it doesn't need to be in every single song because every single emotion isn't about the times. It's mm. about personal, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's not you know educating people and and speaking about the struggle of people in that time mm. then what are we doing it for exactly yeah we're wasting it you know we're yeah, wasting, wasting it the voice we're wasting, wasting three them. minutes four minutes in a kid's ears on the way to school or in yeah. you know a husband's or wife or whoever it may be on the way to walk in the morning or in the car home and we've got that opportunity to be in someone they're actually they might listen yeah. to us more than they listen to their mother or their dad or their yeah. parents or their teacher so it's why true. waste that time in someone's ear mm. you know Agreed. I'm not telling you need to say it in 1944 <laughs> 6 o'clock you don't need to give them every fact to make them feel you know overwhelmed but uh, yeah. I feel like we've got a duty sorry that was uh, it yeah. no, I she think, said yeah, we've got a duty, duty. that was right, it sorry right. yeah we've got a duty it's a responsibility of ours it's an, it is an education yeah we have to try and do as much as we can yeah. you know I'm not saying everyone needs to be a, a historian by any yeah. means um, but we need to try and, and do 
do our best because mm. we've been given a great blessing, mm. you know, and, and a great responsibility and we have to try and do our best with it. Yeah. I you think you hit a nail on a donkey when you said that. <laughs> That's definitely a phrase. <laughs> that is definitely a phrase. When you uh, <laughs> are... <Donkey. laughs> ah, yes. That when old you, adage, hit the nail on the donkey. When you said... <laughs> no harm to any donkeys. Uh, <laughs> the donkey game is, on the wall a cord, cord as a kid. Is recording. All right. <laughs> uh, no, you hit it when you said about the emotion because I could... I could literally all day try and come up with songs that are going to inspire the youth and like try and change the world but if if when you said emotion if my if it is not authentic to me and I'm yes. not actually ha something hasn't happened to inspire that then mm -hmm. I'm not just going to you know try and sound clever or yeah. whatever no, but if never, but if it yeah. if it feels right then and I can then yeah I'm going to try and fulfill that duty as much as possible and yeah. um I think I can always feel when something's... We can feel when there's soul in something, when it's mm. real, when yeah. uh, the person's got their heart on the, in the lyrics, you know? And um, I'd hope that... I definitely, before I die, want to have a song that that isn't just about my own personal, like, heartbreak or whatever. Mm. Actually is about is about trying to promote something good happening. And, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio never stands there like, yeah, I did a fantastic performance in... in uh, what number was it? six, accent number six. <laughs> what was the big one that when he took the pill and he couldn't walk? Titanic. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh! But Wolf Street. Oh, Wolf, 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 Wolf Street, Street, right? That was a lovely explanation <laughs> of the whole movie. No, wait, wait. Wait. <laughs> when he took a pill. <laughs> he okay. took that pill. Uh, that it was something like lemon. And, oh, it, the Matrix. That performance yeah. though, was so sick. Anyway, this has a meaning. I do go off yeah, on no, tangents. No, no, Is that he doesn't yeah. stand there going, yeah, let me bathe in your, self, in, in oh, your love no. of me. It's, um, it's, hey, we can do something about the way that we're treating this planet like that mm. he'll spend all of that limelight doing that and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jerome Jar anyone he is an absolute don right he became famous that air quotes by the way because who gives a shit about that <laughs> She's doing but he quotes. became you know well known because he did funny vines you know alleviating people of their pain by just being funny and yeah. suddenly he's massive and now his Instagram is all about um is about helping people mm. and about all the bullshit that's happening in the world and yeah. it's like but he also lightens everyone's hearts because he's funny so yeah. it's like yeah it's important I think it's good to have it, yeah like a mixture of two but I think you're, you're totally right you hit the nail on the donkey in <laughs> saying that you know it's, it has to be authentic like 100% and it, it has to be how you feel and if it's you know like it's not something that you're fully behind yet or you haven't quite worked out how to put it into words just in that at that point then there's no point doing it in a sense you know no of course I, I, I think that. you did hit, I hit the nail on the donkey <laughs> um, by saying it's got to be like it's got to be true to your emotion but I even think you know it being personal can still change the world it doesn't being, yeah, yeah exactly. of course being being, no be, being being being, uh, being what did you say porcelain no no being, being, being porcelain, porcelain. <laughs> sorry my accent's getting in the way I'm one kind of Guinness down <laughs> yeah. what's in this slow gin no, I should understand you my granddad literally spoke exactly do. the same I've been let down now we're going to expect an Irish accent from you in five minutes no um, I'll try <laughs> Oh, Lord. oh no! Literally, I'm Irish and I can't do an Irish accent. Don't worry, we'll get Literally to we'll get it to you at the end. 
Anyway, what are you saying about but porcelain? I, 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 I think you're about porcelain, yeah. No, um, <laughs> it's so porcelain. I, I think you're right about it being a record or music that you write being personal. You know, it yeah. can be whether it's whether it's uh, whether it's uh, whether it's. <laughs> Oi, you ain't hitting my donkey with that word. <laughs> I don't understand. You keep your nail away Wait. from my donkey. What does, okay? what does porcelain... Port, porcelain. Personal, personal. Personal. Oh. Personal. personal. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, my And you've got an Irish grandfather. Personal. And you've got an Irish grandfather. Oh, my gosh. I thought you said oh. porcelain, and then I thought you said porcelain. I just broke into a little porcelain. Gaelic for a while there. That's what it was. Sorry, Porpussy. babe. I love, I love your accent. <laughs> Personal, sorry. <laughs> we'll get say it again, say it again. Personal. Oh my God. Personal, you get that now? <laughs> that is incredible. I'm going to have to, have you got a little pen and pad? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah, as long as, it, uh, as, long yeah, as, long as it's personal. This is just taking a whole so seriousness of the yeah, point this away. Is great. <laughs> this is um, great. <laughs> yeah, language, uh, accent barriers. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. I'm going to have to do what Conor McGregor does and put a pencil in his mouth to train himself to articulate better. Um, yeah, but if it's personal, right? Yeah. yeah. And even it's about, you know, heartbreak or, or doubt within what you're experiencing or depression within your own life. It doesn't need to be about worldly issues. That is a worldly issue because yeah. everybody from every walk of life goes through that, you mm. know. So you're, you're, you're definitely right, man. It, it, as long as it's authentic, it needs yeah. to be, you know, and it needs to feel authentic. And I think definitely. once it is authentic, that's the universal language, mm. authenticity, yeah. really, you know. Definitely. Can you say the word worsen? Worsen. Okay. That's not So bad, basically, your O's are or and mine or. are uh. <laughs> Yeah, 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 okay. That's Personal. Nice. Yeah, Warson. <laughs> okay, thanks. Okay, this great. Is, this is, this is Lovely. Like, okay. number six, perfecting. <laughs> yeah. trying to perfect it down. I would train in... Are you Northern no, Irish? No, 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 no. Southern? No, no yeah, yeah, Southern. Where about? County Wakesford. Right in the southeast. Is that anywhere near Limerick? Limerick is in the west coast. I'm right. from Limerick. Oh, you're from Limerick? Yeah. Oh, right. But yeah, I obviously but... don't have geography as a degree. Okay, all right. Well, yeah. Is, so what, your grandfather's from Limerick? Yeah. I love the Limerick accent. That's a lot stronger. Well, I've been here for so long. I was born here, but raised in Ireland. So my accent's all over the place, mm -hmm. really. But. So you're North London through and through, right? Well, yeah. I was born in Stoke Newington. My mum's right. from Stoke Newington. Her dad's Irish, and my uh, my father is Irish. And I was born in Stoke Newington, but when I was four, I moved over to Ireland and came yeah. back when I was 17, 18. Mm. And I've been kind of back back here ever since, really. Cause I, yeah, because I always I, I knew you were about these sides and like Finsbury Parkways mm. and all that for, for a while. And obviously I've been like born and raised Finsbury Park and of course. hence the Arsenal connection. Of course. But we're not allowed Which to talk about football. No, that's it. That's not allowed to talk about football. Only touch on football would do. <laughs> would you Would you ever move back? Or would you ever like, you know, what's, how do you feel about well, Would I ever move back to Finsbury Park? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the motherland of Finsbury Park. Oh, Finsbury Park. The days. <laughs> Um, so I wanted you. So you worked with with, with Joey Bad Badass Bad Arts. How do you say it? Badass. I say Badass. No, I'm bad, go, yeah. no, no, no. Joey Badass. 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 Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know I've, I've obviously listened to, to Joey for a, for a long time. You know, yeah. I've loved everything he's done. And how is it working with him? He's incredible. Yeah, great. I've I've known I've known Joey for a couple of years. Um, he actually we kind of connected because um, a friend of mine put me on to. Um, 
1999 mixtape. Yeah, incredible. And um, he used a couple of Lewis Parker beats. Yeah, of course. On it. And That's I'm a right. big Lewis Parker fan, you know, UK hip hop. Yeah. Um, and I'd actually over one, I think it was Fragments of a Thousand, or th- Thousand Fragments or something, um, was one of the beats that he used. Right. Um, and I'd written a piece over it, like, a month beforehand or something mm-hmm. like that and I heard the record and I thought alright I need to get in contact with him never did and then he posted up the lyrics to one of my songs I Need on his, um, yeah. on his Twitter and we just got in contact and it was when he was 17 first time he came over to wow. London was I think he was 18 and I'd done a remix for a song of his and we met each other on stage at the 100 Club mm-hmm. um, and built a relationship from there and just became like yeah very brotherly from there and um, it seems very natural oh yeah 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 whenever I've seen you guys together or doing songs it seems like you're actually boys it's not like oh yeah no it's family you know it's family you know and we've you know I've been on his album he was on mine we've done work we're going to continue to do work and yeah it's uh you know, you know, like you meet yeah. people through music, and sometimes yeah. it's you know musical relationships, yeah. and sometimes it's so much more than that. It's a brotherly yeah. love, you know. So, yeah. and it make, it makes the process so much better. Yeah. Like if you get on with someone, you know, like to to have them in your in your space, or it, especially like you know, you know, it's it's a very emotional process making records. Oh, most definitely. And so to be, to feel open enough to collaborate with someone is you know mm. it's a be- beautiful thing, a very important thing. I can't work with people that I don't like. Of course, it's like Ever. You know, creating a baby with someone in a sense, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, I think it's it has to be has to be as natural as possible. Just when you get the best music. Yeah, and would you do a collaborative album together? I would. That's, I've, we've spoken. Yeah. I, my dream is to do me, me, Joey, and Chronics. Sick. That's yeah. that's that's the trio. That Chronics record on your new record. That's a sick. That's yeah, a sick yeah, record. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that's another si- similar relationship yeah. as well. Kind of built up in the kind of the exact same way. Mm. Um, he came over to London and we connected the first time and I've been over Jamaica taking care of me when I've been over there and yeah, it's been just kind of family love, you know. Sick. And when, how, how much time have you spent in Jamaica and have you recorded out there as well? Yeah, I've recorded out there. I've recorded yeah. some pieces out there on the, <clears throat> on the last album and I've been, since I've been 18, I've been, you know, back and forth there about, you know, five, six, seven times. So it's right. been nice. I've got a real, real love for Jamaica, man. It's a, yeah. I really want to go to Jamaica. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Really mm. beautiful place, man. Very inspirational, man. There's a lovely spirit there. <laughs> beautiful weather at all times. Yeah, I know. I do want to... this in January, London weather. Oh, man. Here, like from November till about... June? March? Yeah, June. <laughs> well, apparently July, because it's still raining you know now, I mean? but it's just dark and yeah. grey. Like, it's sad. I'll definitely want to be away this Christmas slash all of January, please. I've been <laughs> considering it. I'm just looking forward to the day that I can afford a summer home somewhere mm. else. And then just go leave England for maybe 12 months of the year. Yeah. <laughs> come back for a week. Yeah, come back for a week. Drop an album and go back. <laughs> <laughs> See my mum for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Christmas is not the same if you spend it somewhere else. I've never spent a Christmas in, in warm weather. So I don't, I, I think it would be quite weird spending a, mm. a Christmas I think Christmas is weird though anyway. Yeah. Like, it's just, I don't know. I, I like being away for Christmas. I was in Vietnam like two years ago traveling and and we went down to the bottom where it was actually hot. The rest of it was freezing um, that time of year. And like we just had Christmas hats on and we were swimming. It was... It was sick. That's a nice contrast. I'm sure it was a Such, really nice experience. Yeah. I did that in Thailand one year and where I, and we my ex-girlfriend at the time and we, we just went like snorkeling on Christmas Day and then had Pad Thai for Christmas dinner. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, I'm getting sun, I'm getting... But at the same time, 
Did you miss the spuds? I missed the spuds, you know. Yeah, man. They'll always draw you back. <laughs> <laughs> They'll always draw you back in. in you know? They bring you in roast potatoes. Half a pound of butter just thrown on one potato. Oh, yes. <laughs> Especially as my, you know, my family's all vegetarian. Oh, right. right. Yeah. Why are you, are you both, are you veggie as well? I, I was, I was vegetarian for 20, 27 years. For, uh, I, yeah, what I grew happened? up vegetarian. Who made you cave? 12. 27 years, fully, so, not touching. Fully, yeah, I'd never tried meat from in my birth. life. From birth. And then uh, 27, so three, sorry, one year ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, about three years ago, I just, uh, I started eat, eating meat. Um, I guess... It, it, it part, a lot of people like to take claim to who made me eat meat you know like Big Lewis <laughs> Big up Lewis Richards uh, Burger Gang he was kind of like <laughs> well yeah, yeah. he was like you know well he started hanging out with us and then we started eating burgers alright you know and a lot of people are like yeah you know you had your first steak with me and I'm like <laughs> no well to, to be honest I kind of I, I didn't have any cultural reference for a lot of stuff so, have you? Did you recently turn veggie? You? Yeah, in the last in the last three years. What, so you you knew what, what a ham you knew what a hamburger tastes like. You know, oh, what I bacon. grew up in Ireland. Exactly, like, it was it was meat and two veg was the the normal mm. dish. Like, yeah. I went back to Ireland not eating veg, and they were like, "You spent too long in London. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Like, you know what I mean? Still, some of my Irish lads now are like, "What? What are you at? Like, just totally baffled altogether. But um, yeah, it was about three years what ago. What made you quit? Well, it was in stages. Um, three years ago, an ex of mine was, was veggie. And she used to cook ridiculously good uh, veggie meals and would always kind of drill this thing that I'd never really thought about, you know. Um, I'd never really crossed my mind, to be honest. And it may sound a bit cliche, but I was, I was on a, a, um, a beach in, in Thailand in, in January. Went there for a holiday after Christmas. And uh, I was sat on the beach eating a bacon sandwich one morning by myself, mm. right? Bacon sandwich, lovely Christmas day. No, 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 no. It was, oh, no. It was January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christmas day. No, um, no, January. Sorry. Getting the calling back for potatoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, of course. Um, and I just saw, like, I don't know. I saw this beautiful scenery in front yeah. of me. You could hear the boards going, and it just it was a beautiful scene in front of me. And I'm sat here eating a bacon sandwich, and I just thought this doesn't add up. Yeah. Somewhere in my gut, it doesn't add up. So I just that was the last. That was the last bit of meat I ever ate. That is wow. so weird. Yeah, yeah. Just that was the last bit of meat I ever. Get. Yeah, and then I. What? I because you up. were like. Everything here is authentic except this bacon. Yeah, everything here is so natural. And I think it was a real, at that point, it was a real turning point in, in, in me growing and a turning point in my life of me realizing a lot of things about myself and the world around me, really. And uh, yeah, it just, it kind of, uh, you know, it had a real, it had a real moment for me. Yeah, you know. And then a year later, I was still eating chicken. A year later, Gave up chicken and then mm. about four or five weeks ago I gave up fish. Well, how so, so it's quite oh. recent. So it's, yeah, so yeah, it's wow. recent. It was staggered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't all in one go. Um, That's cool. But yeah, it was staggered. And fish, is it ethical reasons? It's ethical, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's ethical. It was started off being ethical reasons yeah. and always was ethical reasons and yeah. still is. But then obviously once I got into that way of thinking, it opened up the, my mind to realise, yeah. you know, the other negatives, you know, environmental, you know, mm. internally and, mm. you know, just kind of all added up and, and mm -hmm. didn't agree with, yep. with, with how I was feeling anymore. Okay. Yeah. Mm. I fully agree. I, I grew up as a veggie with my parents where... 
like my 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 vibe was yeah there's so much to eat in the world that I don't have to kill kill anything yeah. to eat it and 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 you know I'm, I'm sure it's the same uh, and the only reason I started was I guess purely like I was saying because I had no idea what everyone was talking about you know this was back in the day when I was growing up if you we went to a McDonald's kids party there was no veggie burger that must have been tough for you. I was <laughs> I was going in and getting a bun with a slice of cheese oh. chips like again a, is it yeah I couldn't even eat the chips because they fried it in beef at the time oh, so I was like this oh. kid six year old going fuck man <laughs> I ain't eating anything. And you didn't eat fish. And I didn't eat fish. So like I just had no I had no no understanding of just I, I wanted to know what bacon tastes like. I wanted yeah. to know go, yo, I that steak's good, cool, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what a steak is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like but and and then I kind of just wanted to change my diet a lot and, and stop eating as much bread and, and, and carbs and all this stuff and I ended up just becoming a real meaty dude that's just cause I was making up for, for almost lost. Did you time. notice any difference? No, to be honest, like a lot of people say, oh, you know, you get more energy, and I think it's bullshit. Cows get their energy from grass, from you know. From, and I was never a preacher about it. I always listen. Yeah. This is this is what I do. This is my choice. I'm a vegetarian, and I, I back it fully. And I was almost a vegan too, pretty much. Um, but I found the biggest argument was always with uh, meat eaters that were so offended by me being vegetarian. And I don't know if you'll find this now. I or I, do you know what? I never realized that until I actually became vegetarian. Yeah. And it showed up a couple of people to me. I'm like, mm. why are you so offended? And especially because mm. I'm not, you know, I don't, well, I don't feel like I am anyway, like a mm. preachy person in that sense where I'll be like, well, what are you doing eating meat yeah. over there? You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not, everyone's Just got their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we all have our own paths in life. I believe what I believe. And I'll tell you what I believe if you ask. Mm. Or I'll tell you, you know, yeah. you know my thoughts on it. But I won't, I won't judge you I on it. I won't stop you from no, doing it. No, 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 no. Yeah. I used to eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so it, it, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't really make a difference to me. I'm not going to have a judgment of you from that. Um, but you do find people come out of the woodwork and are actually offended. And I think, I don't know what it really, what the, the kind of basis comes from, but it's almost like, you know, it's a, maybe a defense mechanism. Oh, big time. This, uh, the and big it's like, defensive. why are you so opposed to yeah. me having just my, it's what I want to put in my body. Like, well, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Well, it's ridiculous. But it's natural. It's, it's natural to eat yeah. meat. You need it. You need it for the protein. You need it's it for the, really. well, no, you don't really. Listen, I was a fat cunt since I was 13 years old, all right? I did not need meat to make me a fat cunt, all right? I was, that was it. I had chickpeas, baby. Yeah, there, there you go. I, I had an Nando's black cat for two years, so I had enough chicken for the whole of England. You know what I mean? Twice over, so I was all right. But uh, yeah, it's, it's funny that, you know, you get a certain section of people that get quite offended when you say. Yeah. And people get well offended if you don't drink. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that, on yeah, nights yeah. out. Yeah. Like and that's friends. also the same kind of defensiveness though as well. Mm. That's like, well, I want to, I want to make myself feel better because I, you know, I love to I need lose. 14 pints to get <laughs> yeah. Drunk, yeah. But I've got, I, I'm a, I'm a big drinker myself, but I, I really, you probably do as well. Like I, I really appreciate when I see someone, you know, I know I've got a couple of friends that can go out and literally, they don't have much sugar in the diet. They don't drink. So they can go out and have a can or two of Coke, <laughs> yeah. Coca-Cola like, and, um, and really enjoy the night and be buzzing and dancing more than I am. I'm up yeah. against the wall, like, yeah, doing my little <laughs> Irish skank in the corner, just <laughs> keep myself skank. to myself. And they're the buzzing and really enjoying the yeah. night. I've really, give, I've got to give it to them, you know, because mm. I yeah. need a couple of drinks to go out and yeah. enjoy myself. If I don't, like, my friends will look at me like I've just <laughs> run over their cat. I'm like... Are you not a big drinker then? Mm, no, basically I'm one or the other. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> I'm like asleep 
uh, under the table or I'm not drinking that night. Like, yeah. I just... Yeah. yeah. So if I'm having a sensible night, that's probably why I get a dirty look as well because they know that I'm really fun when I'm drunk. But right. you're really fun when you don't drink. But can yeah. you go out like say if it's a club situation? Yeah. yeah. Can you go out and not drink and still enjoy it? Yeah, definitely. But I'm the music has to be good and, and the company has to be good. And as the company well. has to be Big good. Time. Yeah. And I might not like. I might not stay all night. I might not stay as long. And is, so you've you've recently had this time where you're you're not drinking as much as well recently. I ha- it's never planned I yeah. just, but I'm going to Ibiza on Friday so Oi. I'm going to Ibiza on Sunday so Oi. I'm going to be there I'm going are for you my performing? birthday no I'm going for my birthday oh my gosh happy birthday yeah, you got to give me a little slide in my DMs yeah, tell, yeah. Me, tell now, me what I've gone I won't be eating meat but I will be drinking a hell of a lot here yeah so <laughs> are you performing in Ibiza no not this year so you're just going for a rave I'm just going with my friends because I don't normally allow myself holidays like because I feel such terrible guilt like yeah. I should be doing something productive, mm. you know, but Dude, I, I, I find it, you know what, it's funny that you say that I find it so tough to have an actual holiday. You know what I mean? Like to go, I'm booking this time to go somewhere. Yeah. I was like, no, nah, if I've got a gig, oh, I'll book a gig. I'm going to this amazing place, but yeah. I'll just book a gig in somewhere there as well. Yeah. You know, I suppose it's tough because what we do is a bit all over the place. And sometimes I know what you mean. You feel a tiny bit of guilt sometimes. Yeah. Like you're like on the plane away to go away for a week or something. Mm. You're like, actually, I could be doing this. Or you listen to a song. You're like, actually, I should have been back in yeah. the studio. Yeah. What am I doing? Waste my time. Um, and it is hard, but yeah, you just have to try and enjoy yourself as much as you can. You know, one, once a year I do... Um, I go to this retreat, meditation retreat in oh, Devon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, did I see you just before? Yeah. yeah, I did, that's right. And um, I do it once a year, and it's uh, seven days in the middle of nowhere, and you just no phone, no laptop, no anything, and it's the only time that I actually, like, have a mental holiday. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just meditation, like, three times a day. Half of it is in silence. It's no talking to anyone. It's fucking wonderful. Wow. And, um, and it's the only time I read a book. You know, the mm. whole year. I don't read anything the whole year because I've just got too much shit in my mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. And then that is how I go through two a week because I'm just sitting there walking through the woods, like, do what, you know what I mean? And that's, yeah. That's beautiful. What's it like with, what's it like having silence for seven days? Well, it, this, this one is only like half in silence. So it's silent from 9 p.m. till 9 a.m. and then through the three meditations in between. And then on Wednesday is an entirely silent day. So it's, and you can choose to not talk to other people if you want to um, but it's really nice like on that Wednesday of the whole day of silence you know I mean there's 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 stuff in your head that becomes louder that you didn't know was there which yeah. is sometimes scary but also just really um, enlightening you know and um, what I found that the, the most amazing part of it was that the songs that I'd listened to on the train before I turned my phone off um I could replay them in my head. Like, I could mute layers. I could listen to a snare drum on repeat. I could loop it. I could listen to every single instrument in that song because there was no music for a week. So I was just like, my brain was working, you know, overtime and like analyzing different songs. And it was, uh, and it made, it made the music that I made when I came back, like, you know, to me so incredible because I could, you know, had all of this like uh, space in my head to yeah. kind of work, you know. Mm. And you don't get that space here. You don't get that space in London, especially. No. And it probably, rather than walking overtime, it probably is back to walking the way our brain should be yeah. walking without Reset. all the distraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. And I suppose in that time, especially when you're in in, in silence, mm. does it make you confront things, voices, uh, yeah. or you know, stuff? Big time, yeah, big time. Because you know, we we rely on so much. 
to get us through a day, and not necessarily in a in a manic depressive way, but just also just in a, in a day to day basis. You know, I might like go, oh, I've got a big day tomorrow. I might take a Valium or a Night Owl tonight yeah, just yeah, to make yeah. sure, you know, or, or whatever. I might, I don't know, just just treat myself to a whiskey tonight, and that will that'll sort me out. And in there, you're not. There's none of that. You can't take anything with you like that. Um, and because you don't have your phone, especially before bed, you know, on your phone all the time. Yeah, you don't have these like. Uh, um, what they're called crutches. Uh, crutches or like safety blankets you know whatever mm-hmm. you have as a kid you know um, not safety blankets you know what I'm talking about yeah. and, um, and and it's a it's a real scary thing for the first few days because you're like what the fuck do I do it's 9pm it's lights out there's no oh, one wow. to talk to because it's all silence yeah. <laughs> and then they're just going like twiddling my thumbs oh, going uh, so it's cool though it's really enlightening yeah. obviously they say that like a busy mind is less likely is is less likely to naturally fall into depression, right? Mm. Whereas if you've got all the time and the silence and no human interaction, mm. it's much easier. So you're saying it was good, yeah. but it's scary. Mm. So is it because you feel like you confront what maybe is always un- brushed under a carpet? Yeah, definitely. Like, that's, that's part of the reason why I'd find it... There's another one called Vipassana, which is... Um, I think it's 12, 12, 12 days? No, 10 days of complete silence. And that is like, there's, there's nothing. You can't talk to anyone, you can't look at anyone, and you can't laugh, like all of this stuff. And it's just fully, I mean, it's supposed to be incredible, but you get to like four days in, and people are like bawling their eyes out. You know, mm. you just, you know a friend of mine, um, she said she did one in India, and because you can't, there's, there's no music and no sound, she ran into the woods one day, uh, this was about seven days in, and she found a little stick, that like had something in it and so when she shook it it made a little like little shaking sound so she stood there by a tree like looking both ways like because <laughs> she was you know it, like fucking a criminal or something and she put it to her ears shaking it and she said that the sound was like she was having an orgasm like it was so powerful after seven days of that you know st- st- mm. stimulation what was it? Um, it was just like a little stick just with like a, that made a shaking sound crazy so you, you think because you, all of your senses are just totally heightened because there's nothing there there's not even cars in the street or sirens. Yeah. Like I, you know, I grew up in Finsbury Park. I'm used to noise at all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really, it's a, it's a very, very scary thing. Yeah. And I imagine if you did that, whoever you are, if you did that 10 day fully silent, you know, the demons that come up are in, insane. You know, I, I heard a story of a guy that um, he does like UFC bat, uh, fighting and or, uh, and or like cage fighting in, in, in somewhere in Europe. And every time he, uh, he finishes a competition he gets on his motorbike and he drives back to England and then he goes to Vipassana for 10 days before he comes back to his family because he kind of like decompresses goes into this like mad silence of, of, of thinking and getting it all out all of this like the, the anger or you know the, all of the, the maybe the guilt he feels about like beating someone half to death every night yeah. and then you know fully just then goes back to his family and you know feeling different oh wow yeah Anyway, sounds like a very cleansing experience, yeah. Lou. Are yeah. you into meditation? Um, I'm into the idea of it, but I, I've never actually I've practiced it, uh, you know, a, a handful of times. Um, but I've never properly got into it myself in the sense of silence and 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 being within myself in silence. I always find my meditation, I don't know, comes from something else. Music is a bit of my meditation. Mm. Yeah. Um, Exercise. 
Yeah, exercise. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've got a bicycle in it, so that I kind of meditate when I go through the park yeah, on my yeah. bike and up Alexandra Palace and stuff like that. Should join bike gang, man. Yeah, I should too. Yeah. So Do they join gang. up with the Borgo gang and meet on Saturday evenings <laughs> yeah. at Fins- in Finsbury Park? <laughs> Burger gang, bike gang. Um, yeah. Well, it's something that I've because a lot of people around me always, you know, really trying to push me into it, and I, it's something that I've, I'd really like to try. I've never really just given it the the, the experience myself, mm. you know. It's difficult. Um, yeah, it's very tough, it's, you yeah. know, especially allowing yourself to meditate. Like, I'm not a big, you know, I, I can't say I've, ever, I've done it past the two days when I come back from each retreat because, like, you know, when it's in your mind and you're like, yes, I'm going to do it, I am now a meditative person. Mm. Yeah. It do- nah, it doesn't last. Making you know? time for it. It's like with yeah. the book thing. Yeah. It's so annoying, mm. but it's such a discipline. Like, mm. I read books when I'm away, when yeah. I'm on a beach. And yes, even please. even when I'm on the beach, I like lying down and actually doing nothing because it's yeah. so rare. Because yeah. at home, it's like, especially even in London, it's like the time is just going so quickly where you could have been, you're trying to do as much as you can to like, yeah. well, I feel that anyway. I don't know if... if yeah, if, yeah, yeah. It's harder to chill here because it's like such because a buzz you know and so quick. And you know there's stuff going on and there's, mm. you know... Well, there's an urgency as well. Yeah. It's everything. Studio in yeah. Yeah. There's a writing session tomorrow. There's mm. your friends doing this. Or there's always something going yeah. on. Like, I'm the same with you. I always find, especially with reading, it has to be on, like, long playing journeys mm-hmm. or, you know, where I'm on a long train or something like that. And mm. meditation-wise, it's... You know, the points where I feel like I've properly meditated have been when I've gone on holiday and torn my phone off and Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I've just been around beautiful landscapes or mm-hmm. around nature and you know, I may not be sat in silence trying to meditate, but for me taking in the environment and being yeah. in my own world and kind of separate from you know what I think is normality, that's mm-hmm. know, what I see as a bit of meditation for myself, you know. I feel that. Um so that's the the perfect time for the, the annual tradition. Annual? Can you call it annual? It's been five episodes. The annual tradition of uh, piss break and then the shot that you might do. That was fine. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> this is Chelsea's third of the day, peeps. Um, welcome back. Congratulations. <laughs> well, welcome back after the tradition of the piss break uh, to the Thanks for Trying podcast. But this was a piss break with a twist. Um, as we can, <laughs> Sinead... Uh, with eagle ears heard the ice cream van from down the road mm. and uh, her and our regular regular listeners thanks for trying podcast will know our audience member Chelsea who's here every episode uh, they went and got 99 flakes which can you explain they weren't 99p no they're not 99p anymore this was gonna be 250 and I said Whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Oi, boss man. Whoa. Hold up, boss man. Um, and then he said, oh, I'll do a kid's one for 150. Yeah. This looks no different to an adult one. But no. Yeah, so I think he just makes it up as he goes along. But anyway, we settled at two quid. And me and Mav were saying, what type of ice cream vendor is driving around the ends at... It's past dark now. It's like 9.30. A gangster <clears throat> that clearly wants to make And he wasn't playing bucks. the full... Uh, <laughs> he wasn't playing the full tune either. He was just teasing it like he's about to, like he was about to drop into a little remix or something. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Whoa! Um, well, as Sinead's driving, it was—it's up to me and Mav to have uh, the tradition of the shot. Uh-huh. Yep. I've got the she's tequila. got ice cream, so that's fine. So I've got yep. the tequila. So we've got the tequila, and it's for me to big up uh, the sponsor of today, which is of this episode, which is Monte Alban Mescal. There's loads of fucking worms in it. I know we mentioned it earlier. They've got the agave worms. There's one worm in the bottle. 
We've decided we're all vegetarians, so we're not. Yeah, that's <laughs> our excuse. To so not, we're going to pass on. So we're not going to eat the worm. No worms were right, is, uh, Cheers. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Oh, I'll cheers you. Thank you. I'll cheers your ice cheers. cream hand. Cheers, guys. Right. Look in the eyes. Oh, I was supposed to look. I was looking at the ice cream. Sorry. <laughs> He's gone in. He didn't even look at the eyes. I looked at you in the eyes when I did it. Oh, okay. That's right. really Woo! nice. That's really nice. I didn't do the shot. I've got a little bit of a bit of lemon in my <laughs> <laughs> And I'm the alcoholic at the table. Yeah. <laughs> you look so content right now. <laughs> it's like the one... When it's sunny, we need these, innit, Chelsea? Chelsea's had three of these. This is on her third one right now. She's had, she's had, she's had three today. today. <laughs> three ice creams yeah. in one. So wait, you've three had three... Three ice creams in it? Three 99s today. No, Magnums. How much? Magnums. Oh. Okay, she's had three Magnums what, in one almond? day. Pink one. Pink one? Uh, what flavor was that champagne? The pink ones taste like... Raspberry. Uh, sure That's a weird sure combo. Okay. I had a prototype Magnum the other week. Someone brought me one. It was like, she's like, yeah, we're testing a new flavor. I want you to try it out. It was like half melted. I was well into it. I don't even know what flavor it was. I was drunk. But <laughs> sorry, and who brought you this? <laughs> I can't hear that word so, without thinking of uh, you are the prototype. Andre three thousand. Mm, I heard his new tune with. Um, <clears throat> I was a bit late on this, but on the Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Mixtape or EP, yeah. he's, he's oh, got yeah. a little feature on that. It was wicked, now. I haven't heard that. It's just anything he touches is just it's gold. I love know? his tone, his flow. No one's been able to match it. Is oh, yeah, exactly. And his peculiar imagery. Yeah, yeah. It always feels. But it always makes sense yeah. as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 bar he like that verse was the verse of what 2014, I think, um, when he was on Rick Ross's 16. And 16 ain't enough You know oh, that right, one Right right And he just does this whole verse About him growing up And like His imagery is incredible mm. And he's a true artist That will never release a solo album I'll put money on that He will ne- we'll never get A free stacked album I mean That's the dream That's like top artist I feel like You know mm. if, if, if anyone I could collaborate with Andre 3000 Tupac Of course Frank Sinatra Andre 3000 again <laughs> <laughs> Tupac again <laughs> And repeating for yeah. until you know. What, yeah. what was your first two-pack album that you, you rated? Because you said you're a pack fan. Um, it was probably All Eyes on Me, yeah. um, which you know wasn't the first pack album, but was the first one I I, I sat down and listened to properly. And I mm. I got played again. It's going to sound quite cliche, but I got played in a in a shed in Ireland. Yeah, Sick. in a shed in the mid like in the countryside in a shed by a friend of mine's. <clears throat> older brother and he's like Jesus boy you need to listen to this no lad and Tupac Chikali he listened to this and I was like what's this and he puts it on and honestly it changed my life mm. like, it changed Aww. my life from there you know it's amazing like the power like <clears throat> there was a while when you know going to record stores as a, as a kid you know and all these like independent stores that would just they would frown upon Tupac but that's the whole reason I got into hip hop I listened to Machiavelli first and then I listened to All Eyes On Me mm. and that was it. I was like, I've got to make beats like DJ Quick. Yeah. I have to, or Daz, or Dre, or, you know, whoever. I have to. If it's the last thing I do, you know, and that's the whole reason I started making beats. But people would frown upon Tupac for so long. It's now, it's, it's all right. But, you know, I couldn't go into one of these stores which are selling 12s and, you know, people loving Madlib records. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know. Tupac was all, almost seen in, like, the pop sense. Yeah. And not, but, you know what I mean? In a, in a, like, especially in an underground hip-hop yeah. world, it was, you know, there was always that, that little vibe of, of Tupac. Mm. It was funny, when I, I grew up in, a, like, a, a, a small town in, um, in, in Ireland, in a small town called New Ross, and... 
even though you know we were very removed from hip hop in general but even in school you know uh, when i was 14 15 we were so into hip hop that there was you know battles between students no biggie's better yeah. no tupac's yeah. better boy and there was literally that divide of yeah. people who knew hip hop and this is a small town and it just shows you like we were speaking about again earlier on how yeah. much hip hip hop can really speak to people from you know completely different walks of life but there's a especially with with tupac you know yeah. i love biggie don't get me wrong i love biggie but with tupac with 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 what he spoke about and how he spoke about it. he could speak about an experience that none of us have experienced but mm. there was things he said in it that would draw everyone in yeah. because you could attach yourself to certain feelings if you listen to me against the world you can relate to you thinking everybody in that you got to fight everybody in the yeah. world that everyone doesn't matter back who up they against are. the wall and yeah. not trusting people you know there was a exactly. common themes running throughout that i feel like a lot of people can connect with yeah oh. always ready to but were you a tupac fan Sinead? Um, well, definitely, yeah, but I can't say that I know every album uh, and every song word to word, word for word. Mm. I just appreciate the legacy that he left behind. And that, yeah. the thing about me is I, admittedly, I find rap music like a whole different experience to singers. Mm. Um, I'm slow, so I have to listen to, like, I've had to listen to Pimp a Butterfly literally mm. over and over again since it came out before I it's a grow, it's a grower album though like, yeah and also for, before I could really it. understand like the essence of of what he's saying and then suddenly I'm hearing more um what's the word M- more metaphors that I hadn't yeah. noticed the first time because the, and then when there's like double entendres and shit yeah. and you're like oh I didn't clock that at first yeah. so for me I think because I'm a singer as well I I don't um I don't even have the the capacity to to come up with concepts that, like, as at the speed that they do, yeah. therefore I'm not going to necessarily hear it first yeah. time. So, um, yes, I am a Tupac mm-hmm. fan, but I need I need to educate myself more. Who was the, who on, the first? What, for, so we were saying for us when we first both heard Tupac, we were you know it kind of definitely changed us. Whether you know whether it's an island or, or Finsbury Park or wherever it was, you know. Mm-hmm. But what was the first record for as a singer that you you heard and you went, you know what that's that's changed my whole shit like um the first album you know i'd love to say something like etta james mm. but actually christina aguilera introduced yeah. me to etta james like bearing in mind i was like 10 11 when mm. christina blew and yeah. that was the first time i've heard someone like make noises that i'm just i just feel something suddenly just yeah. by hearing an like a run that, that she did crazy. and obviously like it was a bit of a vocal acrobat at times to listen to but that was soul like she's got soul we mm. can't deny this yeah she did genie in a bottle but she also did Banger. yeah <laughs> i know you get down to that in the shower oh, i can, the I can shower, getting dressed <laughs> <laughs> every morning <laughs> every night before you go to sleep <laughs> That's it. Yeah. my wife's gonna walk down the aisle to that song yeah but then you know later on album um on strip she did songs like walk away and mm. um songs like i'm okay about mm. her dad um i got to see an artist not just a pop star with a great voice like um, so she introduced me to Etta James and she was the first because uh, she, big, she bigs up Etta James so she, oh, did a, she, she, she did a couple songs of DJ Premier uh, yeah uh, Ain't No Other Man yeah Ain't No Other yeah, Man for and, the, um, Back to Basics that's album, the one yeah. and she bigs up Etta James in a couple of those songs mm. with Primo and then 
Um, Lauren Hill. Yeah. You know, when I heard Miss Education, and obviously I'd heard bits of the Fugees, which, yeah. which introduced me to her, and <clears throat> seeing Sister Act. <clears throat> I mean, if you want to watch that scene right now and cry, I'm sure you will. But it's just <laughs> ridiculous. So, um, for me, the females resonate with me more, probably because yeah. I am female. Um, <laughs> and those two artists' albums. Yeah. I were, mean, Miss Education was just... Oof. You know. Yeah. Despicable. You talk about yeah. perfect <laughs> records. It was pretty... Pretty close it, to being yeah. a And leading on to yeah. my next one before, I'm just mm. going to indulge in this because no, I have do it, to. Do it, yeah. uh, Amy Frank, mm. who was inspired oh. by Lauren herself. Yeah. So and people forget James about Frank as well. Yeah. People, Sarah Vaughan, yeah. people yeah. overlook Fitzgerald. Frank. I feel as well. Like the the the, the Amy fans of of back, of back to Black and of everything. You know, it's it, Frank was uh, that album was incredible, disgusting. Oh, that's how we started talking because yeah. we were talking about Salam Remy, his production on that. You know. I remember seeing her live in Brighton. What? Yeah, in Brighton. I'm so jealous. <laughs> At, uh, Concord 2. Oh, what wow. did she sing? Was um, that Frank It was times? Frank, yeah. So Frank had just come out. It wasn't a very busy venue. Have like, you seen it was, her um, yeah. AOL sessions? Which ones doing, the doing like you sent me flying live and stuff. No, I don't think I She have. was just so sexy at this time mm. of Frank. I mean, she's... Oh, wait, but yeah. you know, she went. But that there, she was so oh. confident. Yeah, just confident. She was oozed. Oh, yeah, she, was gorgeous, she was wearing this like um, y- yellow Adidas kind of like uh, one, you know, kind of like a tight dress, mm-hmm. but it looked like a Kill Bill kind of thing. Right, Ooh, right, yeah. right. But it was yeah. sick and she looked just looked incredible. And when I go to gigs, I don't, I don't always go to the front row. I like to kind of like stand a bit to the back and so, you know, I get to just focus and, mm-hmm. and absorb the music without dickheads you know whatever but this was the one gig I just stood at the front I had to stand it right yeah. at the front and like Amy Winehouse was probably one of the best performers I've ever seen in my, in my entire life mm. you know she's just she was just mm. incredible yeah I feel that something that m- maybe I don't see as often now is that like complete unashamed losing self to the emotion and mm-hmm. moment yeah in the, you know her performances are so unrehearsed and mm. Yeah, it's just like what she's left behind is ridiculous. Yeah. Lyrically, it's like a masterpiece every oh, single yeah. song. Yeah, and again back to the authenticity about it. She was just so raw, mm. just so raw with it. Like yeah. even if it offended people, even if it offended it her family or the yeah. men she was with or anything yeah. like that, she was just raw, really raw to the core. And, Definitely, you know, her, her her voice is you know a legacy within itself. Definitely, let alone the the songs and the lyrics that she wrote. She yeah, was, you're right. The honesty in. Yeah. Um, what is it about men? It's all about yeah. a dad. And uh, there's a live performance on YouTube still. And she's like, this song's about my dad. And then like the audience are like, oh, and she goes, no, nah, it ain't cute. It ain't good. <laughs> but I sorted it out now, but like it was a bad time. And it's just, that's real. Yeah. Did you, did you, did you ever meet her or like come across? You must have I, done. Do you know what? I never, I never came across her. No, never, never got the chance to. We had mutual friends. Mm. Um, but, yeah, never, never got the, never got the chance. Which is, you know, I remember I, I released my when I released my first, my first proper single on on uh, Mercury Records at the time. Mm. We were in, um, I think it was Dorma O'Leary mm. Live Lounge, and it got announced after we we done like a live acoustic session, acoustic song. I did Ray Charles or something like that, and after I finished the song, everyone in the room went dead someone came in and whispered something I thought I'd sworn or something yeah I was really trying to tone down my swearing at the time so I was thinking <laughs> what have I fucking done wrong here like um, and everyone went just silent in the room and then straight after he was like thank you very much we've got something to announce 
and literally announced it on air right there and the whole building was just like you know I suppose I'm 25 so for me um, obviously Michael Jackson you know died in in, in my time that yeah. I can remember having a real impact on people but as an, an artist that seemed quite similar age to me and mm. I brought up around the music quite heavily it was the you know, first real impact that I felt yeah. like wow this is you know you can tell because you were on the journey with her like all of us were she was our generation of singers I was like, inspired by her yeah. you know what I mean I was like literally directly inspired by her yeah. you know and, and inspired by her passion you know more so mm-hmm. than there's not many singers you know from from my generation that I've I've been inspired by as much yeah. as her and mm-hmm. it was like we were saying it was the rawness of it it was the passion yeah. of it um that you 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 rarely get to see you know yeah. and I would put her up there with you know, all the classic singers that I've ever been inspired by from from mm. generations way before because she had the pain she had pain and, she and she, that's and the basis of I mean I kind of always saw her as jazz like more than you know more than yeah, any, yeah, you know yeah. she you know and jazz is pain like jazz is like you know mm. I've been addicted to everything <laughs> and I am jazz you know like <laughs> like my 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 flautist biscuit right he's you know He's been through it all. And you can tell when he's on stage and when he's playing because he's, the way he's playing flute is like, you know, I mean, some people have seen him live. You know, the, you know that he is pain. He's, everything he's mm. playing. And that's what I saw from everything yeah. that Amy did, you know. The one time, I'd, I only met her briefly once and it was at a Pheromone show oh, wow. at Jazz Cafe. Right. And I was at the top, you know, Jazz Cafe is a little bar at the top. And, um, and I, stood, I, I was stood at the bar and I was just like, you know, before Pharaoh came on, and and this girl to the to to the right of me shouted across to the girl to the left of me, yeah. and uh, she's like, "Hey, Amy, what do you want?" And I turned around, and it's Amy sitting on us next to me. Wow. She goes, she just shouted, "Tequila!" <laughs> that was it. Yes. And then we just stood next and watched the gig and all that stuff, and like, that's mad. Mm. Yeah, that was the, the brief only ever moment. But she was there to watch Pharaoh. Yeah. Just as wow. a fan. And she seemed to be, from my knowledge of her, seemed to be a big hip-hop fan again. Absolutely. You know, I know she was. She seemed to have a very close relationship Nas. With, with Nas and, and yeah. even more so most deaf. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that, that kind of, you know, came through in our music. You know, there was a Nas instrumental, a Salam Remy instrumental crazy, from yeah. um, In My Room, was it? Um, in My Bed. In My Bed, yeah. sorry. Oh, the lyric on, in on that. Frank and, you know... Yeah. I didn't think anyone could could turn an instrumental like that into a, a soul jazz tune and, and the lyrics in it just yes. The it's only, a sad loss. The only man. time I hold his hand is to get the angle right. Like yeah. a nightingale no longer singing. Like I don't know, she it just baffles me. And yeah, she did have the pain. Yeah. I feel like everyone that I love has the pain. Mm. She had a way of communicating it that so eloquently and you were there with her mm. like I was just there in, in every song mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah I still haven't seen the film I know are you scared to? A, have you been avoiding it? A, a little bit I mean some of the documentaries that I, like, it took me a while to watch the Nina Simone one because it is so it's so real and I'm not, I'm not saying it's you know like but we can all relate as musicians we can all relate and watch something like that not to that obviously to that scale of uh, of addiction but we all have our own addictions and we all have our own don't mean to rhyme but afflictions you know of like of, of just being you know of, of, of forcing ourselves and battling with ourselves you know mm. uh, with our creativity and hating it and loving it and needing to f- 
push alcohol or drugs down ourselves to kind of make us like love it again or hate it again you know and to make us chill out for a sec from mm. the obsession yeah. and the yep. worry and the anxiety but like I always have this thing where if I talk about any of that to like my friends that don't do music they're a bit like what the fuck have you got to be sad about you know mm. it's like you're doing your dream mm. you, you love doing music I'm in an office or I'm a nanny and I hate it like no actually none of the nannies hate they love it actually they love the kids <laughs> but you know and then I feel like a diva to mm. ever complain but it's it's I don't know it's like something that we won't ever switch off from yeah. but that we love and we don't want to switch off mm. but then the alcohol sometimes helps to switch off when it's getting too much yeah and I think in as creative people part of being creative is being vulnerable and to, to be that True. vulnerable and to be that emotionally willing to let yourself go comes hand in hand with being with ups and downs you know yeah. and loneliness and doubt and the utmost happiness and buzzes you get mm -hmm. when you're on stage and then the drops oh, when you come yeah. off tour and you're sat at home looking at four walls yeah. you know what I mean looking at a computer screen and trying to write your next song and trying to, there's ups and downs you know yeah. what I mean it's a roller coaster. but also matching that feeling that you get or that, you, that we all get yeah. from going on stage and having people like adoring you and then coming off stage and going oh I've got to do my washing Or I've got to do, I've got to do like real life, or I've got to, you know, do my taxes, or, or even just, just it's like this, it's the quite, a, it's a quite, a, uh, it's a weird thing of trying to replicate that feeling every day when you don't have that feeling. Mm. Yeah, and the music industry is a very peculiar world for people who are not in it, you know. And I suppose some people only see, most people only see one side of the music industry, and I suppose uh, creative industries all around, but just we're in the music industry so specifically the music industry mm. people do only really see one side of it yeah. you know and, and never get to see you know the downfalls or the other the hardships yeah. behind it mm. and so then may in turn never really understand why people you know battle with addictions or battle with other things while they go through that because mm. you know while one side of your life is is going crazy and you know for example like an Amy Winehouse mm. you know maybe being exploited by the tabloids consistently through our life there's uh, personal issues that you have to deal with yeah. at the same time it's hard while there's something else going on that's so extreme like that you know yeah. Um, and we're, it can be very easy to judge on one side when you're not in it. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, you know what? That's a, a, a perfect time to wrap up and say thank you very much to my guests of the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode five. Oh, yeah. um, Eric Saber and Sinead Harnett, Love, thank you thank very you much for, for coming us. down. Thank you for having us. You have been listening to the Thanks for Trying podcast, episode five hosted by myself The Last Skeptic with very very special guests Maverick Sabre and Sinead Harnett thank you so much to the guests for coming down thank you for listening and thank you again to Monte Alban Mescal for sponsoring this month's episode the Thanks for Trying podcast will be back next month for episode 6 if you have suggestions on who you'd like to see guest on the Thanks for Trying podcast then at me on Twitter The Last Skeptic let me know Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.